Hey, it's Hayden Partain, and this is State of the Republic Podcast. Welcome, fans of the beautiful sport in Sacramento, to the State of the Republic Podcast. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by my two usual co-hosts, Michael and Sharon. How's it going? Let's first go to Michael, since he's been out for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, man, that's a common theme. I'm, I'm trying my best. It's just life has been... <laughs> Insane. I uh, love doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing doing good. Especially now that the vaccine is out. Go get yourself yeah, vaccinated if you haven't yet. Vaccinations. Yeah. Most definitely. Get him. Get get that appointment set up because game day is almost here. First friendly, twenty fourth April. So yes. almost, almost. We're counting down the days. Uh it's almost Saturday. <laughs> How about you, Sharon? How's it going? Hey, I'm all good. I'm just looking forward to speaking with our guest today. Um, really exciting to have him back. And he's a friend of mine, and so is his wife. And I can't wait to meet the dog, you know, that sort of <laughs> stuff. So looking forward. Awesome. Well, uh, Michael, would you like to introduce our guest tonight? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, typically see him patrol in the midfield there. Uh, our guest tonight from Wake Forest, Hayden Partain. Hayden, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Good, good to hear. Good to hear. So we'll we'll get straight into it, Hayden. Um, from college with the the Demon Deacons to playing with the uh, the premier developmental side, Charlotte Eagles. A little bit of time in Des, Mo- Des Moines with uh, the Menace. How did you end up in Sacramento, man? Um, <laughs> it's a funny story. I um, so I went to Des Moines because I was on a bunch of USL trials actually that year, um, 2017, and I didn't end up signing a contract. Um, but I played in Des Moines with, uh, John Pascarella, who's now the OKC coach. Um, and I was doing really well. I was kind of like hot at the moment. And funny enough, Danny Barrera got injured and this is the way football works. Timing kind of works, right? So, uh, timing's everything. I was playing well. We're similar types of players. I would say he's a little more attacking minded, but he got hurt. I was playing well. There was a connection, I guess, between GMs and coaches and, I basically bought a one-way flight on tryout to go to play for Sac Republic. And, you know, I, I played well um, in Paul Buckle's eye and then I signed and then I was there for three seasons. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, but, you know, I was just doing my daily thing and you never know who's watching. That's just kind of how my opportunity came. You know, that's very interesting. You mentioned about the one-way ticket because I vaguely remember that time with you. And, you know, trying to tuck you in on in into a lodging situation. Um, and uh, and I and I I, I totally remember that because it took a while for all the things that you needed to catch up to you when you when you hit the ground here, you know, things like, mm-hmm. you know, your paycheck and all that other stuff. So that was a very interesting time. So of the people that you played with, of all the players that, you know, you've played with with Sacramento, which guys kind of made things more most memorable or you know stood out for you which 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 guys were those oh wow how many am i am i allowed to say is there how, like how like 10 like, like 20 yeah. well and and you know <laughs> okay. somebody who made it who, who made it really special for you but you can't count maddie because we know she made it super special oh of but, course yeah. of course i was gonna refer to players but um yeah i mean sharon you made it special that's for sure coming over <laughs> to your house and you feeding us. Um, but, uh, no, I would say the first person for sure. And the guy that I moved into, um, was Jeremy Hall. Um, that guy is 
wise beyond his years. And he kind of took me under his wing and being a somewhat similar player, but playing in the midfield together. Uh, he led by example. He's not a very, you know, uh, outspoken person, but you know, you can just kind of, he, his demeanor and his attitude is very infectious. Um, so I would say he really influenced me a lot as a player and just as, as a person. And then I would say Adam Moffitt, he, he's another person much like uh, Jeremy in that sense. We had a lot of really in-depth conversations about how football um, life and, and everything functions in your, in your life, because there's a lot of things that, you know, growing up, you really don't know about or learn about until you're kind of in the thick of things, you know? So um, those are the two people that I would say I really learned a lot from and looked up to. Um, but, you know, people, people like Wilson Neshaw, you know, um, Villian, uh, Tyler Blackwood, um, many people that are still there. Dodic, Dodic Formella, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Um, Mitch Tainter, um, we, we ended up following each other to Texas. You know, there's many players. I, I, I could go down the list forever. Jordan McCreary, there's, there's many of them that, you know, aren't there anymore and many of them that are there. But everyone at SAC, you know, and the way that they've run the front office is just, you know, community oriented. And I had a bunch of great relationships and I still talk to everyone, really. I talked to Cam Owasso the other day and he was telling he was telling me he's watching golf and doing all these things. And I'm asking him how preseason's going because I'm definitely following the team. Um, it looks like the team has a great roster and I'm excited to see what Briggsy does for for um, for, for the club. Um, yeah. So I would say those people. That's awesome. You know, Jeremy Hall had a fond spot in his heart for you as well. He remembers the day and he spoke about it with us. So. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that, to be honest, because he he's he's very he holds his cards whole, close to his body. <laughs> no, he 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 spoke about you. That's you know, Now you mentioned uh, uh, here our very own podcast mom. You know, I'm really glad that she still made you feel that way. And I'm so excited that we're going to go back to normal times, Sharon, so you can actually get to meet the new players and they get to know you as well. And we get to hear more of these stories in, in future interviews. So hopefully. <laughs> um, so actually on that note, speaking of stories, uh, can you tell us uh, maybe your most memorable moment or like game or maybe like a road trip that you attended um, going to an away game or even all of the above if you have multiple moments that kind of you always remember yeah. of your career? Yeah. Um, I'll never, there's two or three moments that I can think of. My first one uh, was for sure my debut. Um, I got to, I got subbed in against Whitecaps too when they were still in the league. Um, and I remember the, my very first touch, I got subbed on and on that throw in, uh, I believe it was Peter McGlynn or Elliot Ford, one of the two, they were playing outside back. They threw the ball into me and I like took one touch and then I, hit like a bent ball in behind for Tyler Blackwood. And then we, he crossed and we almost scored off of it. And I was like, wow, I can't even hear myself think. And that just happened. And it was my debut. So like, you know, you're just, there's so much adrenaline in your body. I, I'll never forget that moment and that actual pass, right? Like what I did, it was so simple, but it was so impactful on a first step in, in my career and in my life. Um, so that's one big moment for me. Uh, I'd say another big moment for me um, was when we were playing Portland two, my last season with the club, it was 2019. Um, I was really fighting in and out of the team with Simon Elliott. I wasn't, I wasn't playing much and I finally got my opportunity to start 
and we ended up winning one nil that game and I and I scored the winner um, and the goal that I scored it came off of uh, Juan Barahona crosses a ball it goes like it goes through traffic Villian like barely misses it and I chest it and then side volleyed in and um, that for me I go to the corner and pray like that was a big moment for me because I had the day, the work I had been putting in day in and day out to get an opportunity like it kind of kind of finally came to fruition on the pitch. Right. And I'm not a, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a goal scorer, but that moment, you know, kind of got to show it, you know, outwardly to other people. Right. Because my game is very simple. I'm a connector and I do a bunch of things that are more, more so nuances that help the team. Right. Um, so that moment for me was very big. And I, I was emotional when it happened because I was just going through a lot at that time. And then I would say the third thing was when, when Dodek scored and uh, it was when his dad had passed away. I remember I was making breakfast that morning and he was crying and I'm a very observant person. And he had been, he had been crying. He wasn't crying. And I like, I was, I knew something was up. So I went into his room and checked on him and he told me, and he told me not to tell anyone because he was starting that day and he wanted to focus on the game. And so I respected that, even though it was really hard one to not tell my wife, one to not tell my, my other roommate who was Haris Hansopoulos at the time who was playing as well. So I, I was sitting on the bench that game and I wanted him to perform and he, he told me what he wanted and I respected that. So I didn't tell anyone. And then for him to score like that and it all unfold and you see him tell my other roommate Harris in the celebration and stuff. And you see Harris's face, and I was crying on the bench. Like I couldn't have wanted something more special for someone that was going through such, that, that. So um, it was such a tragedy, right? He, he didn't know if he wanted, if he could go home or if he needed to stay, like it was, it was just a real big mess, but Dodek made something so, you know, tragic, something so beautiful. And uh, he's a very tough guy. Um, and and I'll never forget that moment. I mean, it went, it went like viral on internet, you know, rightfully so, which I was really happy about because that, that's, that sums up football, you know, not, it's not just a game. It's more than that. And, and it, that moment kind of showed that. Yeah, mo- most definitely. That was uh that was kind of a surreal moment. I remember watching mm-hmm. that being shocked when we got the news ourselves. Um, now, Hayden, you've, I'd say you had a pretty a pretty successful stint with the Republic. 50, over 50 games with the Republic. You did score five goals from the midfield. So can't say you're not a, a goal scorer. You, you put five in the back of the net, my friend. Um, and then, of course, you, you had your opportunity to go back to Texas, uh, back home. I'm sure that was great as well. Um, but can you tell us some of maybe some of the differences, whether negative or positive, between the two sides playing for Republic, playing back in San Antonio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say... I mean, the playing style was different. That's for sure. Um, uh, at SAC, we were a little bit more possession-based. Um, there's there's a bit more freedom as a player individually to express yourself. Uh, there was a big sense of uh, community, like I said earlier, um, in one of my previous answers to, to the question. But I, yeah, I think just the environment was the biggest thing. Like when I went, when I played at a home game at SAC Republic, there was an extra edge to me. You know, it's, I wasn't just playing for myself. Like when I wore, wore that badge, like there was pride behind it. Um, even though I'm not from Sacramento or anything, just the, the sense that you get because of the whole atmosphere environment, you like feel that that's, you know, the weight on your shoulders, like you have to represent that. 
Um, so that's a big thing. I didn't feel that too much at San Antonio and it could be just because there's not as many fans or, or, you know, I wasn't there as long. I don't, I don't, I couldn't put my finger on that. Um, uh, but I would say at San Antonio, we, we had a true system that I feel like was very black and white. And it was very, uh, it was something that I was bought into as a player. Um, it was a big reason why I went, went to San Antonio other than it being in Texas. Um, so that made it easier to know you knew exactly what the coach wanted when I was with the Republic from game to game, week to week, that kind of changed, you know, and, and although I'm an adaptable person, adaptable player, you have to be, if you're a professional, um, or you, you just won't find yourself playing. Um, I felt, I felt that at San Antonio, I knew what my job was exactly. And it didn't really change. So I would say that was one big difference, but then again, I, I didn't get to play for, you know, Mark Briggs. He, I know I've played against him many times when he was at Monarchs. Uh, and he has a system that, you know, is pretty, pretty finite and you know exactly what he wants. And he's very strict on that, which is, which is good. Um, I, as a player, I like that because I'm not questioning things or trying to think about, Oh, where do I fit in here when we change it to this or we change the formation or we change the personnel. Um, so that was one thing that I would say was different, but that, like I said, or timing is everything with football, you know, with it, one coach, you could experience that with another coach, you might not experience that. So I wouldn't tag that, you know, to the Republic. Um, definitely. But from my experience in my time being there, that was kind of the things, the differences that I could see. Uh, that's interesting. So you went through the change, the buckle to Simon Elliott change too. You lived through that coaching mm -hmm. change, which was uh, for a lot of players, that was a very different thing. And speaking of coaching, you uh, endeavored into private training and well, you've always done that ever since I've known mm -hmm. you, you've always done private trainings, a lot of it. And um, so I'm wondering how that's going, if you're still doing that, and we're going to get to the new profession here in a minute, but the, the private, you know, the private training coaching, and would you ever take a youth team? I mean, like a, a competitive or, or uh, an academy youth team, would you ever take that on? Yeah, um, I definitely wouldn't turn it down. Uh, if I could say that, I think that at the moment where I am with my life right now, um, I, I, so I participated in the MLS USL C course license that they offered active pro. So I took that. I've, I've completed that. There's one other assignment. That's like a follow-up assignment. I've gone through the final examination and passed all that part. So I have one more assignment to submit. Um, and then I'll have the actual credential, but I have completed that. Um, so that I'm definitely looking in that direction. Um, now, as being a youth coach or a team coach, I don't, I can't say that I'm sold just on that. Right. Like I, I would love to be a professional coach. I would love to be a college coach, but um, having been a player that hasn't got much of a personal life because you know, you're working on weekends, you're working that you travel um, you're, you work in the mornings and you come home and you know uh, your spouse or significant other might not be there when you're, when you're there. And I'm kind of trying to figure out what capacity and role do I want to be in with football? Um, if it's a team, if it's my own private training business, whatever it may be, I think I haven't put my finger on it exactly. So I'm being very particular um, about all the different um, aspects or um, externalities, if you will, uh, in, in choosing that before, because whatever I choose, I'm a, I'm a loyal and I'm, I'm a loyal and gritty person. So whatever I choose, I'm going to stick with, right. And I'm going to be the best at that. So I'm trying to be particular with that um, before I make that decision, because it's still pretty, 
early on after choosing to retire. Right. So, yeah. Well, keep us posted because we would love to elevate whatever it is that you decide to do with soccer. And we'll also try to elevate, I think with this next question, um, you you may, we, we would love to elevate you period, you know, because we all love you and appreciate it. And we miss you. (laughs) Yeah. I miss y'all too. I'm, I'm, I would like to come and watch a game this season. We'll see. Maybe the San Antonio Sac Republic game. I'm I'm talking to Mitch daily, so oh, we we'll gotta get you out, out there. <laughs> gotta get you out there. So you know, of course, you know, we know you recently announced uh, your retirement from uh, soccer, but we want to hear more about what's going on now. Like, tell us a little bit more about what new profession you've taken on. Yeah. So right now, I'm a, I'm an agent for New York Life, so I'm working in financial services and insurance and. Um, I kind of got introduced to it during the quarantine um, when we weren't doing much. I was, I'm, I'm a person that always wants to be better in different, many different ways. Um, so I kind of came across it, uh, studied for a licensing test, and I, I got that. Um, I just couldn't help but do something other than Zoom workouts. Uh, so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door, I guess. And it, it struck a interest in me other than football, which there hasn't been many things other than my wife that I've been interested in uh, aside from football. So I was like, wow, that's kind of weird, but okay, I'll follow it. Um, And then I ended up tearing my calf um, last season and I was fighting with an injury Um, and the same at SAC. I had two knee surgeries at at SAC and many ankle sprains. So it's not anything out of the norm for what I experienced in my career. Um, But you know, it came a time I was getting offers across the table and they just weren't looking the way I wanted them to. And especially with COVID um, affecting that as well, not just my personal stock as a player. And so I was just like going back to what I was saying, like thinking about my personal life and what, what I value, you know, COVID kind of has put everything in perspective for a lot of people, I think. And that was a big one for me and, and thinking what's important to me in my life now. And I didn't feel that me going and playing a game and, and feeling like I was underpaid and, and not taking care of maybe financially, it was worth my time to then not put my family in a situation that I felt I could put them in. Um, so that's kind of like how I came to the decision of doing that. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. I get to help people and everyone I help is, a, is involved with soccer in some sort of capacity. So it's just, it's just being in a different role around the game now. That's that's awesome. That's that's really cool. It's always nice to find something else outside of the sport because that could be really difficult for uh, some players to uh, be able to quote unquote let go and find that mm-hmm. other passion. So good for you, man. Um, now, obviously, there's a there's a big basketball game on right now. Uh, <laughs> playing, we do appreciate you, uh, Texas Varion, taking some time out to talk to us. But uh, speaking NCAA sports. You, uh, you had a pretty good collegiate career there, my friend, uh, with, with Wake Forest, including a substitution appearance with, uh, against Stanford in that 2016 mm-hmm. National Championship. Probably not your favorite memory, I understand, but you guys still <laughs> did really, really well against a, an, an amazing team to take it to penalties. It was, it was unfortunately, uh, a loss in penalties, but still, it had to be pretty special to play in an NCAA final. Not a whole lot of people, no matter how good they are, get to say – they've played in, mm-hmm. in a final like that. Uh, what, what, what was it like those, those four years with uh, wake and then most specifically in the NCAA final? 
Yeah, no, I think uh, Wake um, was the best decision I ever made in my life, uh, even more so than being at SAC and being at San Antonio. Um, I grew as an individual. Um, I learned more with with the coaches there than I had for any other coach. I mean, obviously, I spent more time with them than, than my professional career, but uh, I just absorbed things like a sponge, and I had so many players that they still play pro that I played with in college. Um, mentors. Uh, it was just, it was much like SAC with the community aspect. We did a lot of uh, community outreach stuff and I was a leader for that actually for our, for our team. Um, and then just our fans were amazing. Uh, so that was something that I was used to and being at SAC, it was just like a amplified version of that. Um, but yeah, going to the, to the final four or the national championship where I got to play against, uh, Drew Scundrich and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got to play against my teammate Sam Warner. Um, uh, that was actually so. You say it's a, you say it's like oh maybe not the best memory for me. It's actually I think the most pivotal moment in my life, and the reason I say that is because um, I took a PK that could have won the chap- national championship. I was a number five PK taker for Wake. I had never missed a PK for Wake. That's why I was in that position, right? I was good at PKs. So I, I took a PK, the keeper read it, he saved it. Um, and that was, I probably didn't sleep for two weeks. I'll be honest. I probably didn't sleep for two weeks getting through that finals week and all that stuff. And then graduating, that was the last kick of, kick of the ball for me for college sports. Um, and it's a huge moment, but I think it was a big moment that defined me as a person because I could have rolled over. I could have quit. I could have, I was definitely the lowest of low. I probably was in my like confidence and career, um, in regards to soccer. So, uh, I could have rolled over. I could have, could have quit. Like I said, but you know, I decided I'm like, no, screw that. I'm going to sack up. I, I, I know I'm better than that. You know, I'm not going to let one shot define my ability and who I am. Um, and I think is a big reason of why I was able to go pro because the the next five months after that, I was on trials. I was sleeping in a car. I was doing this, doing that, trying to make a team. And I did not But because I had that mindset of no, like, screw it, I'm going to prove people wrong. Um, that ultimately gave me that opportunity that I got at SAC. And I think that if I scored it, I would have been on top of the world, right? I would have been on top of the world. I thought I was the best. Um, you know, maybe my head would have got too big for myself, but, but that wasn't the way the cards felt and, uh, fell and, and I'm, I'm grateful for that still today. It, it, it was a, it was at face value. It's terrible, a terrible thing. I, I know people are like, are you the guy that missed a PK? I'm like, yeah, let's take a PK now. I'll show you that I won't miss it. You know, I'll tell you that. So, and, and going to sack, we played Monarchs in the first playoff game. I don't know if you know this. And we upset them. And I took the very first PK. And I don't know if you know, I scored it, but I hit that PK as hard as I possibly could. And I roofed it right in the middle of the goal. And Paul, I remember Paul Buckle, he came, I came off the foot. He goes, he goes, mate, you scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and I was like, that moment right there, I had just redeemed myself. I had proven that I'm over it, right? It's all in your head about PKs. P- PKs aren't an easy thing. You know, Pierre Lomas' PKs. They're the best players in the world miss PKs. It's it's all mental. So um, going into that that moment was huge for me, uh, and I learned a lot from it. That's that's really cool. That says a lot about your character, Hayden. That's 
that's really really good man because you yeah like you said you could have easily rolled over and just like man i can't believe this happened but you you turned it a negative into a positive it's, it says a lot about your character and that's why we love you <laughs> you are tough as nails mister um, and, and I think I very, I clearly remember that PK because you did put it down the middle and, and I think we're all like going, what if the keeper didn't dive? <laughs> you know? Oh, he wasn't saving it. I, yeah. I, to be honest, this is what I did. I aimed for his head and shot it as hard as I could. And I was like, save this. Like, that's literally <laughs> what I thought. Save this. And yeah, it went in. So that's all that matters. Right. That's right. He wasn't diving. He was just trying to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants to fuss with your thighs when you put the power behind it, really, you know, at the end of the day. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good way to to look at those situations and a good message, right? So any soccer player out there, if you miss mm -hmm. a penalty kick, even if it's not a final, but if it's just a regular game or, mm -hmm. you know, just a tournament, a round of 16 or whatever, uh, you got to look at it on that note because eventually someone has to be that person, right? It's like <laughs> right. You, you can't not miss and you know it's impossible right you can go 30 40 shots and you got to keep going until someone misses mm -hmm. or your shot gets blocked and it's it's good it's good right to to make a bad situation into something really good and you know it really helped you out in your personal life as well so really good mm -hmm. stuff there um well last thing before we let you go enjoy that basketball game <laughs> um yeah. is there anything you want to say to like all the republic fans and even to some of your former teammates that you're really close to um i wouldn't say anything in particular but uh just good luck in the 2021 season and campaign and i'm i'm rooting you all you all on and i'm excited to see what the what the season has in store for you all uh It's going to be an interesting one with a new format. And, and I really do think from what the club, you know, uh, Todd Donovan and Mark Briggs, uh, player personnel wise, um, I'm definitely raising my eyebrows. You know, I'm interested to see how the team plays and, and the results are going to get um, a week in and week out. So yeah, I, I would say that good luck. Um, I wish I was still a part of the club in some sort of way, but I'm definitely, you know, supporting and cheering them on uh from afar so that's what hey, i would let's, say let's get you on jeopardy we need an one more person for our no seriously in the next couple of weeks I, me i remember seeing jeremy on it and i was like i think y'all invited me and i couldn't do it that one time but i was like i would love to do that you're If you on. Get jeremy on it again i want to play it please <laughs> oh well, my god you're gonna go up against elliot horde and jane jane walker super fan okay, jane walker yeah, yeah. you're in you rank maybe we'll bring jeremy back right <laughs> so if you can knock anybody off oh, that'd be okay. fun we should do that and then we'll have a losers category too so if you lose it we'll bring jeremy back <laughs> <laughs> is it all, so it's is it all sac republic trivia pretty much there'll be okay, some sweet. I, I I usually design the questions, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, it's not that I take bribes or anything like that. Michael. No, no, no. I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. But, I'll make uh, sure I do some research before. <laughs> <laughs> and you just never know what the question is going to be like or who the category. You know, we had one category that was James Kiffy. Oh, nice. Kiffy. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. It's a, that was a whole category. Speaking of Kiffy, he was the first, he, he gave me my first goal. He assisted my first goal ever for soccer public, actually. Yeah. Kiffy's done a lot Fun of that. Fun fact. 
Fun fact. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I may have to put that one down. I actually have an Adam. I think Adam Moffat might end up being a category. So start thinking about Adam Moffat information. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Jeremy Hall. Do you know Adam Moffat category? You ready for this one? I know, <laughs> I know we're probably getting off, but uh, I'll never forget this either. I, I should have put it in one of my moments. I passed the pass to him that he got hurt when he decided to retire. And I played the ball in front of him like too far. And he ended up going to a tackle that he probably shouldn't have gone into. And as a kid that looks up to him, I was like, holy crap. Like, did I just get him hurt? And I talked to him about it. He didn't see it that way at all. But I felt that it was that way. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I put him into space. He's a little older. Like, he's not Shannon Gomez where he's going to get onto it. But then he ends up going to a tackle where he goes to crush this guy. And he ends up, like, tweaking his groin or something. And then ultimately retires. And I'm like, was that literally the last play? Like, I can't believe that. That guy's a legend. So I'll never forget that. But he tells me to this day, he's like, no, that's not your fault. No, it, it was bound to happen. I was like, okay, okay. So there's a little another fun fact. I made the last pass to Adam Moffat. <laughs> Boy, you can be your own category, dude. I'm serious. <laughs> we could also have a Hayden Partain category when you're not on Jeopardy. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we got our third contestant. Cool. <laughs> All right. Love it. <laughs> We will find time. <laughs> so we want to thank you. And I know Michael and Luis will say thank you as well. We really appreciate you being on. I know you already said some final words to some other folks and, and everything like that. And we all follow each other on social media. So thank you for mm -hmm. keeping up on your social media. And, you know, we'll we'll stay in touch that way. Michael, Luis. Yeah, most definitely. We, we really appreciate you taking time, especially with the game on and all that. I know. I'm, I'm trying to keep eyes and stuff and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah thanks for having me. And this is cool. This is cool that y'all do this. So I appreciate y'all doing this for a great club. Um, especially, I didn't mean to cut you off, Luis, but <laughs> especially <laughs> for a club that has a, a place in my heart still. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say, uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, next time I'll make sure that I don't uh, schedule the, an interview at the same time that the game is going on. <laughs> Although I tend to do that with uh, Michael and Sharon, as they already know with their team. So <laughs> unintentionally, <laughs> no, I need to start no, looking out. <laughs> it's not a problem. I, I mean, the fact that Baylor made it, I couldn't have predicted that when we scheduled this. So it's not a big deal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much for being on. And, you know, hopefully we can have you back on uh, after Jeopardy as well. And if you keep moving on Jeopardy, then we'll definitely bring Jeremy back as well. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Hayden. Have a good night. Yeah, y'all too. Thanks for having me. What a guy. Oh, man, that was so much fun. What good memories. He has a memory box, right? You know, he remembers everything. <laughs> well, you could tell he really enjoyed his time here. Yeah, you could really tell that. I yeah, agree. There's, there's no sugarcoating. He's, he's really enjoyed it. When this podcast gets posted, of course, we usually post them once a week, as you all know. It's going to be about almost two weeks for that game again on April 24th. Republic FC versus uh, Monarchs. First friendly that is actually open to people. Unfortunately, not to everyone. 2,300 fans. Game is going to be at noon. So... Might be a little little warm at that time, <laughs> but we're really looking forward to that. And this week, as of this recording, actually, we should know who actually gets to attend of, of all the members, of course, right? Because they're going to start with uh, the people that 
actually have been there since 2014, like Sharon has, uh, renewing her season ticket each <laughs> of season. Had I known that, I would have kept my season ticket last season, but oh well, I'm 2021 now. <laughs> but if you haven't uh, signed up for either the full season ticket or the half season ticket, recommend that all of you listening sign up because there's a good likelihood that you're going to need to be some sort of season ticket holder to actually be able to attend games, at least the first couple of them. So if you want to attend, be sure to do that. Uh, I was told that in the event that you can't attend the first game, the friendly game, they're actually going to start with the newer members uh, in the second or third game. So that way everyone gets a chance to actually attend a game in uh, one of the first couple games. So don't think because you're not in insurance position, (laughs) you won't be able to attend a game even as a member. Because that that's what I was told. And so they, they want to make sure that any member can actually still go. Yeah, good Um, to know. That's good to know, Luis. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. So, yep. Other than that, be on the lookout. Our next episode is actually going to be uh, with someone in the local soccer community. Someone who is actually uh, running a, a youth soccer organization in Sacramento. So be on the lookout for that one. Should be really interesting. So you all know more information on some of our uh, local organizations around town. And if you want to send your kids to try out for those teams, then go send them because we are going to be back to normal in like a couple of months. I'm I'm hopeful, right? Things are looking good. I think by August, if you want to go play, go play. It'll be all be safe. So, but of Ooh. course, get vaccinated. That's our our message here. <laughs> go get all it. All right. Yes. Awesome. Well, any last parting words, Sharon, Michael? It was a great interview. I'm so glad we got Hayden on. That was, I feel like we learned a lot about him. It was, it was really good. And it was good to hear from somebody who just enjoyed his time in Sacramento so much. It, it, it makes you really happy to be a, a supporter of a team that really, the players understand this, this community, this city, this team. It, it was just awesome to hear that he gets it. Even coming from Texas to Sacramento, he just, he understands what we're looking for here. You could tell that he loves this team as much as we do. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I agree. And, you know, it's interesting. Every player that we've talked to so far, they've created bonds while being here in Sacramento. They're lifelong bonds. It doesn't matter if it's with a fan or with another teammate or a personnel. We, Sacramento is where it's at. So we have, Mm -hmm. we're going to get MLS. We're going to, we're going to keep trying. It's not Mm going to stop because it's going to be a whole different, it's going to be our way. We've talked about this before. Sacramento always does it Sacramento's way. We, we're not a cookie cutter. We're, we're us. Not at all. Yeah. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my, that's my last words. And I <laughs> no, can't wait to have a Sunday brunch, a Sunday brunch barbecue outside. I mean, like we're a Nats eyelash away from me being able to like do that. So yay. <laughs> It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't know if Michael's gotten his vaccine or if he has that scheduled out, but we'll make it happen July, August. And we can make it happen during a game, during a July, August game. Appointment is set. Awesome. Cool. We're going to have that. We're going to be, and we're also going to be recording that, by the way, as as we keep talking to, right? We're going to actually do like a live uh, podcast recording for the very first time because I, I've never actually recorded a podcast with more people <laughs> None of my podcast. So I'm excited for that. So Excellent. it'll be really cool. What? Okay. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, one last reminder, if you guys aren't following us on social media, then please give us a follow. I've been saying it every single episode and sorry for those of you who keep hearing this, but, um, but if any of our listeners haven't watched our Republic Jeopardies, they happen on our social media. So go check it out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at State Republic 12. And as you all know, Kaden Partain is our third guest of Republic Jeopardy. So join him. We're going to be defending champion Elliot Horde and also Republic superfan Jane as well. So it's going to be really interesting and we're really looking forward to that. And we might already have a date as of this recording. So be on the lookout for that on our social media because we'll actually let you guys know uh, ahead of time so you can prepare for that and actually be able to attend it live and leave your comments and whatnot. Cool. Well, Thank you so much to everyone for listening to us tonight and also to everyone who has watched this video on YouTube. Thank you as well. Have a great night and we'll see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast. Good night, Sacramento. Good night, Sacramento. Goodbye. See you next time.